Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show, and this is episode nine. Stephanie, I know we're nearing the end of NaNoWriMo, but today I wanted to talk a little bit about something different, which we are both doing fun projects where we write little serial episodic uh, stories and post them. You are doing your newsletter exclusive and I'm doing mine social media slash blog exclusive. Anyway, how is your little social story going? It is going so awesome. I actually am enjoying it way more than I thought. Um, as a plotter, there's a part of me that still freaks out, uh, <laughs> you know, like little fumes and flames everywhere because it's like, oh my goodness, everything is burning down. We're not planning anything. <clears throat> um, but it's actually a lot of fun. I'm getting to let the the pantser side of me that I <laughs> don't acknowledge. It's not there, guys. It's really not. Um, but I'm kind of letting that creative just fly by the seat of your pants side of me kind of like, you know, bloom and blossom and do all the fun things. So my little episodic story is called The Queen of Stars and Storms. And actually, so funny thing, I got the title because, okay, so you know how on Facebook there's always like those <laughs> fantasy like meme name generator things and it's like, oh, you're, you know, the, your birth month and like the first letter of your first name and then the first letter of your last name, blah, blah, blah. And that's your, that's the title of your whatever, right? And so I was like, oh, let me go ahead and play with this. And I got the Queen of Stars and Storm. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a book title. I like this. I'm writing this. <laughs> and just like that, the story was born. And um, I messaged my newsletter. I was like, hey, so I know the MC, whose name shall not be released. If you want to find out, you've got to go to my newsletter. <laughs> but um, I got the name of the MC. And then um, and I, I said, okay, she can be from here or she can be from here. And they all overwhelmingly chose the option that I did not want them to choose. Um, and my heart was like, oh, this is what democracy feels like. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> because I'm on your email list and I chose the option that you did not want to be chosen. <laughs> because it was chaos and I love it. I mean, it's a bunch of chaos and wreckness, but that's what's going on. And I'm having a lot of fun. And you know, you're part of it. So you know all the shenanigans and the details of that. But yeah, that's, so that's what's going on with the Queen of Stars and Storms. And yeah, I hope. You know, if you're a listener, hop in on that, um, stephaniebawaauthor.com, and you can get all the details. But what about you? How is your episodic story going? Oh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I really am getting to the point where it's just really interesting to see what the readers pick, because like you said, sometimes they pick the one that I really don't want them to pick. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. It's fine. It's fine. I can work with it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, but it's really fun, like sitting down and writing. Actually, I need to write another scene. Um, so I'm going to do that as soon as we hop off and get done recording. But it, it's just a lot of fun just spending like time writing it out. And it's, it's a nice break from writing the full length 
novel just because I feel like each each little like episode that I'm writing is between three to five hundred words and so I feel like I don't have enough time to get all of my thoughts out and so my thinking is that I'm just writing a summary of the chapter Mm. given three to 500 words is a long summary, but still it's a summary of the chapter. So I'll probably go back at some point and write out the full length chapter. That will be about 2000 words. And that will be a lot of fun. So I have that project to look forward to. I just can't do it right now because I'm working on other things. Night of the Dark Fae <laughs> is calling my name. And so yes. I need to focus on that. <laughs> yes. It needs to keep calling your name. This, I'm just waiting to get these books into my hands and shameless plug they're on pre-order hello i am so excited <laughs> i know i'm so excited so that link is angelaj4.com where you can find out more about that but today we're about to dive into a really cool episode because we have a very special guest who is awesome emma ham she's a romance author and i'm really excited to dig into this interview with her yeah, no, me too. She just has a really awesome personality, <laughs> and she's just a very cool author to talk to me. Not like popular friends, okay? Not cool like high school cool, but cool like she's just a really down-to-earth person, and she's very transparent with her process, so I'm really excited for today's conversation. Great. Let's head over to that interview. Hello and welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. We are back and today we have a special guest, Emma Hamm. She is a US Today best-selling author who grew up in a small town surrounded by trees and animals. She writes strong, confident, powerful women who aren't afraid to grow and make mistakes. Her books will always be a little bit feminist and are geared towards empowering both men and women to be comfortable in their own skins. Welcome to the show, Emma. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, we're thrilled to have you. This is very exciting. So I'm a big fan of your work and I absolutely love your covers. You're so gorgeous. But yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got started, why you decided to be an indie author. Sure. So um, I always tell this story and some people know what I mean and some people don't. I used to write on online forums. Um, I sort of did even all through high school, which is just back and forth with other people. Um, and one of my friends at the time said that we can't write books. That's why we write on forums. So I kind of took that as a challenge and <laughs> um, just wrote a book because, I mean, why not? Um, so that was the first book that I ever published. Uh, my mother edited it for me. And you cannot get that anywhere online now. If you can, somebody <laughs> message me. I don't want it anywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I've, I've sort of always been a writer. Uh, unfortunately, when I was in high school and, and even middle school, um, I had a lot of teachers tell me that that's not a job. So I sort of wandered a little bit to get here. Um, I went to school for new media, for film, because I sort of thought, well, maybe I want to, you know, bring stories to life visually. Um, didn't love that. Went into special effects prosthetics and did um, a lot of you know, monster makeup, and I've done three mermaid tales you can swim in and all this kind of stuff, which was fun. Um, but again, like not necessarily what I wanted to do. So then roundabout way just came right back to writing. <laughs> that is the coolest thing. I don't think I've ever met anyone that have done <laughs> these kinds of effects. That is so interesting. 
Um, but that's that's really awesome that that didn't deter you. I will. I would like to ask though. Did you think that when they were like, oh, well, you know, writing, you can't really make that a thing. You know, like you can't. A lot of people. The joke is, you know, we're all starving starving artists, right? Like yeah. writers can't feed themselves. And so, yeah. And so I wonder, like, when you were told that, did that kind of just close the door for you completely? You're like, oh well, you know, I I believe that. There's no way. I don't know any writers that are doing this full time, so I can't do it myself. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it, it really did, um, you know, and it was a teacher that was an English teacher, so mm. to hear that from someone um, who, in my mind, would have made a career out of it if they could have, uh, definitely was pretty, pretty destructive, um, but then I did get the satisfying, like, last summer, I got to go back to the high school I went to and present on being an author, <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I'm like, just as an FYI, you can do it, and here I am. Um, which was wonderful, but but yeah, I think a lot of people, especially high schoolers, just um, you know they they never even consider it because it just mm. seems so far out of reach. Mm. Nice, nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I um, was able to mentor a high schooler uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was exciting because she really wanted to focus on getting things right and the that foundation of being an author. So, and I love to talk about it. What did you? Where kind of did you start? Like, I know you did the forum, you, you wrote your book, um, but when did you actually publish, like, your first book and get it up on Amazon, one that's available now? Uh, what yeah. kind of steps did you take to build that foundation? Um, so after the first two that are no longer published, um, I sort of kind of <laughs> started Googling more. Um, I made a, a kind of group of author friends at the time who um, were a bit old school in the way that they said, just continue publishing. And once you have enough books, eventually you'll make money. So I kind of unfortunately went through another series where I, I didn't really do much. I didn't research the genres. Um, I sort of just published it, got a nice-ish cover, and then hoped, you know, and prayed that something would happen. <laughs> um, but Heart of the Fae was really the first one where I sort of deviated from that group. And I just said, you know, it, I have other friends who are female entrepreneurs, not in authoring, but just in their own business. And I kind of mimicked what they did rather than what other authors were telling me. And I made money um, enough to start considering like, okay, maybe I could quit my job and do this full time, which was awesome. Um, so I always say like newer authors, don't limit yourself to only what other authors say to do mm. because there's so much out there, um, especially with entrepreneurship retail that you can apply to your own business. It doesn't have to be coming from an author's mouth. <laughs> No, that's actually really good. And I, I want to touch upon that a little bit because that's a good point where um, I know that, okay, so I will say for me, I learned a lot from authors like Angela. Um, she was just very transparent with her process and it helped a lot, right? Because she was a, she's been a step ahead of me. And so that's been really cool. But I did find that with certain communities in the, in, in the indie world, I had to pull away because I was like, oh, you know, you're, you're putting a ton of stuff out there, but nothing's happening. And I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make sense because I know others who are making a full-time income off their novels. And so, you know, why don't, can you talk a little about that? Like what kind of information were you getting from the author community that just was not helping your books took, take off? And what did you glean from other entrepreneurs in different fields? And those were the strategies that actually worked for your success. 
Yeah, um, I think the number one thing that people always said was just continue to publish. Like once you have enough books, then you'll make money. But it created this goal of, you know, if you have 10 books, 15, 20, whatever that magic number is, all of a sudden, that's when people know who you are. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, I've even seen accounts with, you know, 30 or 40 books, and all of them are ranked in the millions. And nobody, nobody, that's not what you want. you know, and another thing that I remember was, you know, design your brand the way you want it to look. And it doesn't matter what other people are doing, which is true and not at the same time. Yeah. You, you have to look at your genre. Um, you know, if I came into contemporary motorcycle romance with an illustrated cover, <laughs> probably not going to sell. <laughs> so um, un- unfortunately, like that was kind of the stuff that I was getting. Um, so then I started taking a couple other um, courses. Kimberly Jimenez has a wonderful, um, it's just like the content, um, the content lab or something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just had like really focusing on social media and building a presence, which kind of led me to an influencer sort of vibe with my brand. Um, you know, I, I think the cool thing about what we're in right now is that consumers are our age. So they're not, you know, looking for, something in a store anymore. They want a person to buy from, doesn't matter what the product is, whether it's, you know, candles or uh, beauty products or books. Um, They want to buy from you because they like us. (laughs) Like they want to know what our cats look like and and all of that. So I sort of really leaned heavily on Instagram. I've moved into, um, you know, the the email campaigns as well. Um, I still don't know how to do Twitter and I'm probably never will, but It's very. I'm not smart enough for that. Like quick, I can't be that quick. Um, but Instagram, I can do because it's pretty and it's um, you know it's it's very targeted towards creating art in the same sense that I create art with books. Um, so yeah, I definitely suggest to people build some kind of an online presence mm. um, and and look at what YouTubers are doing. I mean that's that's the new generation of people, whether that's you creating a YouTube or, you know, creating t-shirts or logos or whatever it is they do. <laughs> so good that you kept touching on your author brand, because funny enough, just a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to Shayla Raquel and she was talking yeah. about her, you know, book about, you know, building an author brand. And that's so very true. You know, you can't just toss your books out there and okay, well, that's great. It's like, you know, now people want to invest in that person, you know, yeah, I want to buy your books, but I also want a reason to, you know, like people, it's kind of like they attach their feelings to it. I like Angela, so I'm going to binge all of the four world series, you know, (laughs) know, like that's how they, that's how they do it now. And, you know, booktube culture is huge. You know, like I follow, you know, on Instagram, I, I said, let me, let me look at what Generation Z is doing on Bookstagram. And I started just scrolling. I'm thinking it's an entire culture. Like (laughs) it's an entire society. And it's like, if you, if you really want to get out there and be successful, you, you have to learn how to take some of these strategies and implement them. And I know Angela, you know, you can touch upon this because that is a lot of some of the things that you had to do too for your series. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, one of the things that I did, and I think I started this back in 2015 and I think it's bigger now was I reached out to book ambassadors specifically on Twitter just to get them to take pictures of my book. And so it wouldn't be just me posting <laughs> <laughs> it, but they'd be doing that too. And it was really fun. And I have some great connections that I still have. 
so have you done something like that where you connect it with book ambassadors, whether they're on YouTube or Instagram or somewhere else to kind of help promote your work too? Yeah. Um, so I kind of just stumbled into like bookstagram. Um, and then I just sort of started doing like the book boxes because I got a couple, um, like death eater tea club and those really fun candles and all that. And I can do all of that. I've done them before. So I've actually created, Oh, I don't even know five or six books boxes for each release mm. that are so much fun. And if, if you have the time to do it as an author, I highly suggest it. Even just learning how to make candles is just really fun and it's an excuse. Um, <laughs> but so once you, I kind of started doing that, people started taking a lot more photos. Um, if you scroll through like hashtag Emma Ham, there's over 500 photos now of people just, you know, taking pictures of my books, which is awesome. Um, you know, and you can use those in ads or whatever you want, as long as you ask. Um, but yeah, the Bookstagram community has been just so wonderful and supportive and kind. And, you know, I, I can't say that enough that, that that community is so different than any other social media experience I've had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they genuinely love books. They genuinely want to be, just create beautiful stuff for free. I mean, that's what drives me crazy with some of these people. Their photos are so beautiful and it's just for fun. And I, I just, I love that about it. Um, you know, and it's just a great, a great community. <laughs> yeah, that's so insane. I just want to go back to the fact that you are creating book boxes to go with your release, <laughs> which I think is the coolest thing ever. I am getting ready to yes. get started with that. But yeah. uh, do you kind of talk about that process of what got you started with it and kind of like step by step, what do you do to make that happen without breaking the bank? <laughs> yeah, without breaking the bank. Or breaking even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like my entire life, I've sort of had these moments of like, mm, I could do that and then just do it. Um, but yeah, there's uh, packlane.com is where I get all of my boxes from. I design it all myself just because it's easier. Um, and then I don't have to pay for it. Um, and then just as far as like what goes into it, I mean, the candles are not crazy expensive, um, but I just keep track of everything that I spend and then divide it. So I, I estimate, you know, 50 boxes I'll sell um, and then just keep track of everything dividing by 50. Um, you know, I try to keep it, if I break even, I'm happy. Um, I don't mind paying for a little bit extra for shipping or whatever that is, but um, Amazon shockingly has some like really cool stuff. The last, um, the last one I did, I had this really cool black feather pen that went with it. Um, a little inkwell I've done, um, stamps like the wax seal stamps, uh, a lot of jewelry. You can get all kinds on Etsy. Um, yeah. And just like pretty much anything that I can find lip balms, um, the actual book itself. I always hand wrap all of them with a different wrapping paper just because I think it's fun and I love to wrap presents. So um, I do that with a wax seal on all of them with a different wax seal. Um, yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know. I just Googled it. There's a ton of, of information out there and um, just looking at other boxes too. <laughs> That's such a good point. And I love that you said that you put those um, special touches, like you wrap them each differently and things like that. And I know that um, sometimes when uh, authors would do boxes, they'll like write a little note and it's different, you know, for each reader that gets it. And I wonder, did you find that that helped your community grow, your, your, um, your reader community to grow that, you know, when you started, I mean, there's one thing when you we put out the book and then it's like, okay, here you go. But then it's another thing when it's like, oh, here's a gift with your book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like little treats and it's like oh my gosh you sent me all this stuff you know so how how has that helped as far as like building your reader community and your um, audience loyalty to your brand yeah absolutely i mean i i, I think it's the easiest way to move um a, like a reader or a um consumer into a friend um mm. i have so many people that I started talking to on Instagram and now like I Marco Polo and video, video chat with them almost <laughs> every day. And uh, I mean, I have one that um, she was at the books, book Vegas romance convention, I want to say. And she was like sending me videos of like the magic mic guys. And uh, it was wonderful. Um, but you know, like I, I try to do a little bit, just go a little bit extra. If somebody orders from my website, um, I had one set like that she wrote a note, can you send it with kisses? So I just went to the local craft store and I got a bunch of little lip confetti and I stuffed, I mean, there must've been 5,000 in there. She was messaging me like six months later that she was still finding this confetti. I was like, I feel zero guilt. Um, but <laughs> like she told me to, but just like little funny things like that. Um, I had one who said it was for a, a guy bought it for his girlfriend's birthday which was the sweetest thing. So I like obnoxiously stuffed that with every birthday thing I could find from the dollar store. It was <laughs> almost embarrassing, <laughs> but just little things like that. I mean, if it costs five to $15 extra, I mean, why not? It's, it, and, and I think for me, I sort of always kind of stepped out of like, oh, it could make them like me more into just like, I just want to genuinely make their day better. And if I can do that by putting in a birthday card and that, you know, screams when you open it, like <laughs> that's easy. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that kind of can get lost when you get too big or, or that kind of stuff. Like we, that's why we're writers. We want to make people feel good, whether that's reading the book or a gift that we send. No, that's amazing. And I love how it just makes you so much more approachable and just really uh, a fun author to follow because you do go above and beyond and you go the extra mile. And that's fun. I feel like with, uh, with our ability to self-publish and be indie authors, we really have that control over our brands and what we do. I feel mm -hmm. like traditional publishing, like an author still could do that, but there would just kind of be that, um, the publishing house that might kind of want to have more control over things. So I think that, you know, just these fun things that you think of and that you go for, you're able to do that because you have that control and you can be flexible and you can just say, Hey, like, I want to include candles. I want to go do this. I want to do that. And your fans absolutely love that. That's amazing. So yeah. I love how you have like your unique approach to marketing and I kind of want to pivot and talk a little bit about writing too in that process. Mm -hmm. And so you write a lot of fairy tale retellings and romance. Um, it's all in the fantasy genre, of course, but I absolutely love that. And I feel like that's, um, it's just a, a fun way and you have quite a unique audience that you pull in with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's your writing process like? How many books do you publish a year? Kind of how long does it take you to finish a, a book and get it out there? Mm. Um, so I'm a, a, what is it called? A planner? I outline extensively. Um, <laughs> probably more than I should. I spend a lot of time on that. Um, but it just, once you start writing, yeah, I can see Stephanie is the same on <laughs> Listen, I am a diabolical plotter and I just, I found a kindred spirit. I'm cheerful. 
Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I get like three to 5,000 words in an outline, but you know, I just, I genuinely like knowing what I'm going to write before I sit down and write it because then it's a little bit mindless and I can focus on creating pretty words and prose rather than like, how do I get them from point A to point B? Um, but I, I yeah, I, I think that that's sort of how I've always written. Um, I, I notice if I sit down and I just write, it by the end of the book, it's a completely different story. So, <laughs> but um, yes, it's, that's definitely the only way that I, I can do it. I know a lot of authors who are just, they can just go, but I also hate editing. So that's half <laughs> to outline or the editing process gets real brutal on me. <laughs> I totally understand because I just go and then I have to edit and I'm sitting there like, why didn't I plan this out? Why didn't I plan ahead of time? <laughs> No, as a plotter, um, I really, I cannot, I cannot dive into it. Now, I will say if it's like something that, you know, I just want to have fun with it, you know, that's fine. But like, if it's like some like big series, I have to plot or else I'm, I just, I get lost and then I get annoyed because I'm like, I don't know what's supposed to be happening here and I don't know what to do. I'm, you know, I'm just going to close this <laughs> and, yeah, we'll yeah. Come, and we'll come back to it when I figure out what to do. But, um. As a fellow plotter, um, I would like to know, so for those who are listening who may, you know, go about the same way, so what does that look like for you? Like, where do you start, you know, do you start with an idea and then you kind of like just build out from, is there certain, um, a certain, you know, outline that you follow, certain uh, story structure that you choose and prefer? Like, how do you go about building out your stories once you get that initial idea? Yeah, um, so I usually just do by chapter and I write uh, like a paragraph or two for what's supposed to happen in that chapter. Before I outline, um, there's a couple books that I have that are just like character archetypes and personality traits. Um, I read somewhere that if you're going to be creating a character, you should pick three good and two bad personality types, like personality traits for each character. It makes them more realistic. Nobody's just good. Nobody's just bad. Um, so that's definitely kind of where I lean heavily when I'm designing the characters. Mm. Um, and I just keep that in mind while I'm writing to like, remember, um, you know, the one that I have coming out, Gilded Rose, like, uh, Amisha is a wonderful character. She's very kind. She's very smart, but she's also like very much in denial about everything, um, to a fault. And she, you know, is, is very headstrong, which is sometimes good. Sometimes, you know, you just beating your head against a brick wall cause you won't like believe in what's happening. Um, I think in all of my books, uh, some people really dislike this about them but every character is frustrating in their own way um they all have flaws and they're uh, that's not something that's ever going to change in my books because i think that's what makes people interesting um you should love them for their flaws it doesn't matter like you can't just dismiss the flaws <laughs> they're there but um yeah so I, I make sure to always have like my character designed then i go in through outline for me i sort of envision it like a movie um mm. so what would be the next scene that i want to see in my head um, and I always have like little Pinterest links as well on all of the chapters just to remind myself what I want it to look like. <laughs> really cool. Really, really cool. I, I, I like the idea, the Pinterest link. So I do storyboards mm. um, and I have way too many photos <laughs> in my storyboards. Confession. <laughs> it's, it's a black hole. I'm not sorry. It's just, I love, I love being able to, cause I'm like that, you know, Angela and I are both very visual, you know, and so just being able to like go into Pinterest and see 
what is you know what these characters look like what the setting around them would look like you know and it also just helps you to you know it makes it easier when you have to describe the thing you know what I mean like you read some places in your book and you're like oh how do I describe this weapon besides saying it's a knife you know yeah right (laughs) (laughs) you know but um that's super cool that you actually have Pinterest links per chapter like that's a little nugget for me but that's yeah that's just super awesome yeah I do the board thing too um you know it's it's just if I can envision it as a movie then I can write it um I don't know why (laughs) no I like that I like to do that envisioning it as a movie too because that really helps with writing and making it happen so no that's really cool I love it um yeah, this is awesome. And I like how you have the flawed characters too. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they're characters that are very relatable and then they also make mistakes, like as a reader, I can read it and be like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. But then I'm like, oh, but I remember one time when I was in a situation and I did something that was completely frustrating. So <laughs> it's, it's just awesome to have those relatable characters. And I like that they have flawed, like flawed characters are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think I prefer gray characters, you know, like you never know if they're really, if they're like, they're going to lean towards the dark side, or if they're going to lean towards the good side, just because, I mean, honestly, that's humanity, right? Like on any given day, you're a super good person, but then like someone, it can be something so small as someone cutting you off in traffic and you're like, you know, you caught me on the wrong day. I'm just (laughs) letting you know (laughs) the wrong day. But um, as a romance author and fairy tale, you know, um, fairy tale retail. Ooh, say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you find that it was difficult, you know, especially when you were first starting out, did you find that it was difficult, you know, to kind of get your wings, so to speak, in the, in the romance industry and, you know, the world of Nora, right? And so, like, yeah. did you find it um, difficult to, you know, get your wings? And then how has it been for you as far as, like, staying in romance? And do you plan to try maybe other genres as well? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely difficult to get your wings. Um, and I think, honestly, it's just because writing believable romance is very difficult. Mm. Um, to get from point A to point B in a relationship is just so convoluted and so um, emotional that sometimes it, it's just not believable in a book. Um, you know, I still think contemporary romance authors write some of the most challenging things that I've ever read just because, you know, to go from enemies to lovers there's a long journey there and it's 60,000 words and I don't know how they do it Um, (laughs) because I believe it every time but um, yeah it's uh, yeah I I think romance is is a difficult one Um, I certainly would love to branch out Um, I'm sort of moving into a pen name for the more kind of heavier romance um, and and leaving my own name um, as something that is is sort of leaning young adult it's on the cusp um, you know, I, I write kind of darker stuff, so there's always going to be a little bit of violence or gore, but um, I don't know. I, I think that, that there's more to fantasy romance than just the romance, so I'm, I'm splitting it into that kind of romantic fantasy and fantasy romance. Um, but someday, absolutely, I have so many sci-fi ideas that I would love to delve into because that's kind of my guilty pleasure, but uh, for right now, it's not my brand. Um, maybe someday it will be out there. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I love that. And then for the kind of the sake of our listeners, can you tell us what the difference is between um, fantasy romance and romantic fantasy? Because I found out only this year, I'm going to admit that. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But it, I was just kind of clueless on that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I might get them backwards. <laughs> but uh, fantasy romance is, is a, a, from what I understand, it's the first word is more what the genre is more heavily leaning on. So, you know, there's, it's fantasy, a little bit of romance. Um, romantic fantasy is, is romance with a little bit of fantasy. Um, you know, and I would rather build out this entire world and creatures mm -hmm. and all of that um, that's where I find like flexing my my writer muscles, which not realistic, but um, <laughs> is like good. Um, I I genuinely enjoy creating monsters or creatures or um, you know even little fairies that are all over my other world's books. But um, you know sometimes it is nice to not have to do all of that and just to have like it's this world, it's one species, um, they look human and lean more on just those happy feelings of romance that honestly makes it so much easier as fantasy writers doesn't it like I, w I remember a few months ago I was telling Angela I was like oh how much easier it would be if we only had one POV in our books <laughs> <laughs> like how much easier it would be just one character one main setting boom done we would knock out books like that but of course you know with fantasy especially with writing epic fantasy oh forget it mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah so much involved there oh so so much <laughs> well no, this has been absolutely amazing i love like all the different things you're doing emma and i'd love to know is there anything else that you want our listeners to know or any other advice or recommendations you have for kind of getting started and diving in and making yourself known yeah um so as far as getting started i always tell people and pardon the French, but this is the term that I always use. I just did it on a live Instagram as well. Um, just ass in seat. <laughs> That's what my dad always used to tell me when I was little, just sit down, write every day. Um, it doesn't matter how much you write. If you write 6,000 words, if you write 15 words, at least you got something out. Um, I think a lot of people get really stuck on that, just finishing the book. Um, and then after that, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to other authors in your genre. Mm. Um, you know, some people are going to maybe be jerks and not want to respond, but most of us were there before um, and we're perfectly happy to, to give advice on covers or, you know, what editors don't ask people to do stuff for free, but, you know, just reach out. Don't be shy. Um, there's so many of us out there, which is awesome to be able to create that community of people that you connect with. Um, but yeah, uh, and especially like bookstagrammers or people that are already on social media, if you want to write a book, you've already created a following. So you know, whatever's holding you back, just let go of that. Um, imposter syndrome sucks. It, it certainly does where you feel like it's already been written and it's already been said, but you know, it hasn't been said by you. So it's more than worth it to put it out there. But other than that. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. That's such great advice. And I love the advice on just sitting down and writing. I think the hardest part is actually finishing your first draft without mm -hmm. like self-editing or going back and saying like, oh, this so-and-so wrote such an awesome first draft of their book or this published book is so amazing. I'm never going to live up to it. And it's just, just sit down and write. That, that's it. Yeah. Shut <laughs> up the noise and write. <laughs> And yeah. I love I love that shout out too to like the bookstagrammer community and like just other other readers is because they're such voracious readers and they have all these story ideas in their heads, but they only see themselves as readers, even though they also want to slip into that realm of writing. So love that you also encourage that, you know, that part of the community is well. like you've got a story and you write. Mm -hmm. Get it out there, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many people have messaged me and said, you know, they have an idea. 
um, there's nothing holding them back. So just do it. I mean, that's what I did when I wrote my first book. It was somebody said that I couldn't, so I did. And then now I'm four years in and <laughs> I'm still in the career, <laughs> but it, it's worth it. Um, you know, and I think too that, you know, that whatever teacher or parent or family friend or whatever is telling you it's not a job. I mean, we're here and we're proving that it is. So <laughs> it's worth it to try at least. Yes. Absolutely. It definitely is. And I mean, all you have to do is do it, just really focus in and do it and you can make a career as a full-time author. So that's really encouraging advice. And it's so great to hear. And Emma, we've absolutely enjoyed having you on. Uh, it's been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for having me. It was really nice to see you guys face to face. Absolutely. Well, we will talk again soon and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to indieauthorlifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or a review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.